0: Hi, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and we are really making progress. People are beginning to wake up and notice their past academic training and how they learned from some of the warning signs 50 years ago are now manifest today, and I have such a report for you today. Zygnev Presents Game. We'll get into his biography after the break. But Zygmunt Brzezinski, he would, we would have a hard time finding a man who had more influence in general American politics than Brzezinski. He was the civilized version of what's going on today with one notable from Europe that's greatly influencing our politics. But Brzezinski was anywhere and everywhere until his death a few years ago. And he made some stunning predictions in a book he wrote uh, when he wrote about what he called the technotronic era. Oh, my goodness, folks, this is absolutely incredible as I go back and I retrace what he talked about. And we're going to also talk about his biography on the other side. Hey, if you're new to the Common Sense Show, please hit that subscription button. We stand for one thing and one thing only here. The truth as it relates to protecting our civil liberties. I don't care uh, what your preferences are, your persuasions, your skin color, religion, lack of religion. That doesn't matter to me in a general sense. You don't have to be like me to like me and vice versa. We just need to stand in defense of each other's rights equally, equally. And then all our differences in lifestyles, choices, they're respected. They're protected. Why? because we guarantee it through our civil liberties. So if that sounds like something you're interested in being a part of, hit the subscription button, also leave the notifications tab on. Um, As we go through several reports today, and we have the menu of 13 stories we're going to cover throughout the day and the night, one thing really stands out, that we are living in crossroads of history. And when we'll do this, we'll actually talk about this with the Brzezinski today. In the crossroads of history, people go through a real hard time, and we'll, we'll make that really abundantly clear. And one of the areas that people have a hard time with is food supply. And all the warning signs are there. Look at South Africa, Durban, South Africa. I'm sure you've seen the pictures, the videos. These poor souls there are standing in line for miles. It looks like it's six days to get food. Just guessing, just from what I saw in the lines, and that means that families are probably doing eight-hour shifts. And can you imagine the uh, the trouble in the lines that's taking place? Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that. And it's such a volatile area. Well. If you think you're immune to these pressures, if you think the food shortages aren't here, well, we have a couple stories today that will show you just how vulnerable we are to food inflation. And this is coming from CEO of grocery stores. Get your storable food down. Once hyperinflation hits, I'm hoping it doesn't, and America will be the last. The dollar is still the strongest currency of them all. But once hyperinflation hits, you're not going to afford to be able to buy any preps. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, and tools, we can help you with the food. MPS is the very best, 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day in servings, restaurant quality, tastes really good. Yes, I have tried it many times. It is something I could live on because there's lots of diversity in the food as well. There's a great savings on the four-week emergency package, and people are ordering like 20, 50, 100 of these emergency packages to take advantage of the 25% savings. And the food is the same as you got if you ordered the food in six-month bulk, which I don't recommend while this savings is going on. Go to preparewithdave.com. This is preparewithdave.com. And if you don't use us, use somebody. This is not hyperbole. This is not me trying to make a buck. I don't need you knocking on my door when trouble starts. I know you not. I have my family to protect, and I will do so zealously, as most people will. You need to manage your own affairs as I need to manage my own affairs. And preparation for one's family is an individual proposition. I don't advise you tell anybody what you're doing. Otherwise, you put a big bullseye on your back. Go to preparewithdave.com. This is almost a story in itself, is it not? But let's transition into Zygmunt Brzezinski. Zygmunt Brzezinski came out of communist Eastern Europe. And he landed in a country of opportunity. This is a wonderful country. And particularly when you go back 50, 60 years, this was the land of opportunity. It still is to a lot of people. Otherwise, I ask yourself the question, how is it that we have found 43 poor souls dead trying to cross the Arizona border? People trying to make it on their own without the protection of the coyotes they can't afford, or sometimes they're afraid to try. And we're finding bodies all over the place. I don't. We're not seeing this in the national news, but I will tell you, this is dominating the southern Arizona news in markets like Casa Grande, Tucson, Yuma, and a little bit here in, near the Phoenix area where I live about 40 miles from. Now, it's a horrible thing. My heart goes out to immigrants. I don't mean the bad guys coming here to do bad things, the traffickers, the drug dealers. I'm talking about good, honest people saying, I can't live where I'm at. I need to cross the border to America. We need to enable these people to come the right way. But I'm the son of an immigrant on my dad's side of the family. I understand the struggles, and I, and I respect the love for America that these people have. And they've been told, Biden wants you. The people want you. They're lied to in their villages. Seriously. They're not told about the laws. They're not educated. They're recruited to come. How do I know? Because I talk to them. I talk to them. I live in Arizona, folks. I've been talking to them for years. When my house was built 18 years ago, uh, we had people that were not citizens that were part of the labor crew. And I didn't know this until I just started engaging them. I'd bring them out some lemonade and, or whatever it would be. And I'd just start talking to them. And some of them spoke broken English. Sometimes there was an interpreter. And I found out amazing things 18 years ago. But let's break it down to Zygmunt Brzezinski now. He wrote a book called The Technotronic Era, between two ages and i believe the publishing date was 1970 so this was 51 years ago he became a prominent yale professor liberal far left to the hilt marxist communist control and and really let me get into american history real quick jefferson and madison were resolute that the americans would get it wrong some but ultimately the american citizens could govern themselves and they'd eventually get it right. I happen to share that opinion. I truly do. There was the group headed by Alexander Hamilton, who had great influence on George Washington, which is how we ended up with the first Federal Reserve. They called it the first national bank, but it was the first Federal Reserve. Alexander Hamilton said the average person is too stupid, too ignorant, and too incompetent to run their own fairs. We need to have the nanny state basically control them. And that was the Alexander Hamilton view. Well, it's we talk about Marxism and communism, those views are new to America. No, they're not. They were embedded in Alexander Hamilton. He had to make concessions to the great experiment of uh, rule by the people for the people and so forth. He was not American in the traditional sense of the Founding Fathers. And there were a lot of people who believed like he did and continued to believe. And I will tell you this, Abraham Lincoln ruled this country in the Civil War much like Alexander Hamilton would have. So if you think these are all brand new forces that are threatening your freedom, your economic independence, and maybe even your own life someday, this is not new. This is not new. These viewpoints, these contrasting viewpoints have been around since the dawn of time. I mean, if you just look at uh, the time of Jesus, right, you have the right to follow me, you have free will, or you can follow the other guy. And then there was the Roman rulers, Right, who put their foot on the throat of the local rulers where Jesus lived, and they were no—it's a Marxist communist state. You have no rights. You do what we tell you, and you won't preach doctrine that we don't like. You think censorship is new? <laughs> you don't know the Bible. The Bible has every scenario in it that we're encountering today, and this is why the Bible is not just uh, there for spiritual fulfillment and in and achieving. Uh, everlasting life by confessing who Jesus is. It's not just that. it's It gives us a history lessons about what works and doesn't work and the different viewpoints and philosophies. Okay, so let's go to Brzezinski. He was a Marxist communist. There's no question about it. By the way, he happened to be uh, working in reverse order. His last major influence was on Barack Obama. When Obama was a student at Occidental College, his Soviet studies professor, how interesting uh, as the subject, was Zygmunt Brzezinski. It's well documented. They were good friends. They became very close friends. Brzezinski targeted Obama for having great potential for leadership. Now, I will say this. If we could take Obama's views away, and if he was a diehard, constitutional republic, Ron Paul kind of guy, we would say what an amazing person he is because he's articulate, he's intelligent, and he knows how to work hard. Now, when you bring in all the other stuff that runs antithetical to our traditions of self-governance, then we start to say, well, Obama probably wasn't a guy to maintain the Constitutional Republic. I think we can agree on that. Well, this is uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski. So let's get down to the things he said in his book, The Technotronic Era Between Two Ages. Uh, You can still get the book. I, I know it's out of print, but it's still around, and I find a lot of large references to it on the net. You really need to read it. But let me go through some things that he predicted. Um, he said, first of all, the, the wealth of the world in 1970 was centered in the northern hemisphere, and the have-nots in that equation were south of the equator. Oh, is that true? You think about the 1970s, right? Correct? Africa was terribly exploited for its resources. Asia, southern part. Terribly exploited. So you did have this north-south paradigm. Where were the military powers? The U.S. and the USSR. And then, of course, right after World War II, the U.S. had 50% of the world's GDP. And we were still the major exporting nation in the world through the 1960s, and it wasn't even close. We didn't import very much. We were almost totally independent. We could have gone without the rest of the world which we still could today, except for uh, government and market forces block that from happening. So Brzezinski said there'll be a shift. And and he basically made this argument that I'll bring into modern terms, that you can only sell so many TV sets to Americans. You can only sell so many uh, goods to Americans. If you're going to grow your business, you eventually need to spread into foreign countries. And this, in part, was the demise of America. Because now corporations became more multinational. Up until then, you had some arms manufacturers. You had oil companies that were multinational. But you didn't have a lot of multinational corporations that would show just as much loyalty to a host country than they would their country of origin the United States. Today, corporations have very little allegiance to the United States of America. If you don't believe me, just look at the policies they're putting out today. It's not reflective of constitutional self-determination views. In fact, really, it's quite the opposite. They favor censorship. They favor Marxist-Communist approach to economics as long as they're in control. And that's the whole name of the game. They're in control. Marxism appeals to two people lazy asses who don't want to work and they want someone to steal from somebody else and give it to them and they'll give their support to the stealers. And then the second group are the people that want unbridled power, complete power to protect their empire. And uh, the corporations have become that second group. And so Brzezinski was right about the north-south bifurcation of economic needs. So what they did is they learned how to move Congress to not put tariffs on products, not put tariffs on products that were coming back into the United States so we could move to the Pacific Rim with our manufacturing, so we could move to Africa with our manufacturing, grease the politicians a little bit, pay people 10 cents on the dollar, give them no bathroom breaks, no EPA regulations, no Social Security, no Medicare, no nothing, just you do what we say, you don't have a job. We don't care if your kids go to school, they can work too. And we know that's the history of a lot of these corporations, and it's still going on today in many places in the world. But there are people largely from the Southern Hemisphere that were exploited for this. Now, for the exploitation, the standard of living of some of the people rose slightly. For the elite, it went up exponentially. And viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to waterwithdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. eventually But we see a few modern conveniences for people in third world countries now as a result of American imperialism from a capitalist standpoint. See, there's your best argument, you Marxists out there that hate capitalism. This was a spurred capitalist deal, but they had to enact Marxist policies in the host country to get away with what they were doing to the indigenous population with regard to labor abuse. And, and um, Brzezinski did talk about there will be a price to pay for some of this. And labor abuse, is clearly one of them. We went through it here in this country uh, with the Industrial Revolution. 1880s were probably the hallmark time but my gosh, we were still dealing with these issues up until the time of the Depression. And now some of them have resurfaced today. All right, let's go to another conflict. It was liberal versus conservative. It was Hamilton versus Jefferson and Madison. How powerful should the state be? And Brzezinski said eventually economics is going to dominate everything in arguments about constitutionality. Well- so you're looking to thank someone special for helping you get through the year. Noble Gold has the perfect gift. It's a four-coin set of rare, solid 24-karat gold, Augusta St. Godin's Lady Liberties. These impressive coins are bullion-grade proofs authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing the current American Eagle design. They're not making any more. Only 20 left. Buy two sets, it'll cost you less than $10,000, and you'll be gifted a free Apollo 11 coin. Discover more by calling Noble Gold at 877-646-5347. The esoteric arguments that mean absolutely nothing. And so your rights will not matter, okay? It's power that matters. Well, that's Marxist communists, no civil liberties. And he said that's what you evolve into when you have an economic state. And we have an economic state. Why aren't the Republicans today standing up to the Democrats and walking out, refusing to give them a quorum for their policies, which are driving us further into economic distress? Well, I can tell you. Because the companies that are benefiting from the economic distress are greasing the Republicans just as much as they are the Democrats with campaign contributions. Why do you think I keep saying about every three months, if you want to affect the best change in Washington, outlaw corporate campaign donations in any form to any person connected to government or their family members? You go, whoa, Dave, now I get it. Did the light just come on? Ding, ding, ding. So the liberal conservative power paradigm came into view, and Brzezinski said this was coming. He said America in the long run will no longer be a constitutional republic. He said, oh, the laws may exist on tablets, but the enforcement will be non-existent. Look at today. Tell me, how much of the rule of law do we have, or is it power politics that dominates our justice system? I think you know the answer to that question because you come here often. All right, let's go on. Um, he talked about the concept of corporations being loyal and I'm going to kind of backtrack for a second and then expand the argument multinational corporations versus national corporations let me give you an example in the 1970s Gulf Oil and this was actually discussed on the halls and the floors of the House of Representatives Gulf Oil supported American-backed revolution against the corrupt Angolan government but also, they gave money to the Angolan government. They greased both sides in case we don't know who's going to win this. They worked against United States interests by donating to the enemies of the United States that we were supporting so they could make sure they were on the winning side. That was your tax dollars at work. Now, you may not have been alive then, but America was paying taxes to a government. That in part was being opposed by an American-based corporation, and there's that concept called multinationalism. All we care about is the profit of the corporation. We don't care about the welfare of the United States, its foreign policy, and how the people spend their tax money. And that was a really a hallmark case. And this bingo got my attention. Okay, I was um, oh, I think probably. Th- a year out of college when I found out about this in reverse. This had happened some years before and I discovered it and I says, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then a movie came out called rollerball. And we'll talk about that, that really identified these real themes. And then it was shortly after that, I came across a book called trilaterals over washington now if you're a subscriber to our tv show at the common you know i've interviewed patrick wood a couple of times a highly respected man on uh, the technotronic era um, what we call technocracy today the, the brzezinski was using an almost identical term in 1970 to describe technocracy of 2021 but he called it technotronic versus technocracy there's no difference It means exactly the same thing. You'll have a centralized control of everything. And he predicted that. Well, Pat's been on my show a number of times. But in 1980, I discovered a book that he had co-authored with the late professor. um, Gosh, the name just jumped out of my head. Anthony Sutton. Dr. Anthony Sutton. And it was called Trilaterals Over Washington. Stay with me because this goes right back to Brzezinski. Uh, What Pat and Anthony did in that book really got my attention. Now, by this time, you know, I'm in graduate school um, and I'm working on a master's degree and I know I'm learning about research protocols and I'm starting to get pretty good at understanding how research is done. Their book was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Their book documented everything they said, and they showed how the Rockefeller corporations through subsidiary holdings and their locking boards of directorate, they showed how they had influence, if not direct control over every aspect of American life. You know, from the media to the military, to the military industrial complex, to politics on both sides of the aisle. And this is when the notion of Democrat-Republican can't tell the difference, you need a scorecard. The only thing that separates them many times is the R and the D and the rhetoric they pretend to tell you in front of the camera, but then their actions speak to unanimity between Democrats and Republicans. Folks, it's exactly the same today, over 40 years later. So I read this book, and I've got to tell you, it had a profound effect on my views. And I got. I got it for the first time, how Gulf Oil could get away with doing what they did in the 70s. And no one was called before Congress. It was discussed. It was dismissed. Well, Brzezinski said this will be the result. And he said, we're building towards globalism, the technotronic era. Um, he talked about shortages could be used to manipulate the people. He said, some will happen Naturally and we need to be ready to not let a good crisis go to waste, to borrow a phrase from Eric Holder. And he said some crisis can be contrived. He said to nudge the people in the right direction. And so he's saying all this in his book, folks. Now, let's talk about who he was and then what he said for our time. Brzezinski wasn't just a Yale professor. He was recruited by David Rockefeller to help set up the Trilateral Commission. Oh, this was, you never heard me, there were two places. When I tried to research the Trilateral Commission, when Anthony Sutton and Pat Wood wrote about this, and I read it in 1980, you didn't have the internet then, so I went to university libraries. I know how to do research by this time. I'm a graduate student. There were uh, two places you could find reference to the Trilateral Commission. It was so blacked out in the media, it was incredible. You didn't hear about it anywhere, but in the Atlantic Monthly, when they dispelled the myth it was a conspiracy to bypass the constitutional laws of the United States in conjunction with foreign powers in Western Europe and Japan. And that's what trilateral meant, Japan, North America, Western Europe. Now remember, the Cold War is still going on, so we have to distinguish between Europe and Western Europe. Today we just call it all the EU. So you had that discrepancy there, and Brzezinski was brought in to set this up. His book made a profound impression on David Rockefeller. Often he Rockefeller referenced this book called uh, Brzezinski, the rising star of the group that will save the planet one day. And some of these people in this movement in the 70s and 80s, when I go back and read them, they believed they were on a moral crusade. They thought, well, if you have nation states, they're just going to go to war and millions will die. We need one government. We need one economy. And that'll take the conflict out of it. The problem is, is no one's been able to figure out how to totally enact globalism. And the path to globalism is filled with just as much death and destruction as the old nation state conflicts. So we've never really figured out a way around it. If you don't believe me, look at what's going on inside France today. And I'm talking about with the yellow vest, not the current riots, but the ones that took place up to the pandemic. You had tens of thousands of people rioting in major cities in France over what? A global tax on gasoline coming out of the United Nations organization. Uh, People are resisting. Um, And you you look at where we're going with this. It's really interesting because then Brzezinski had this to say. I hope that you're listening very, very carefully. This is what Brzezinski had to say. He said, if you look at history, whenever you change from one form of society to another, and he said there are politics that accompany certain economics, and he said and when there's a shift, the people go through literal hell. And I'll use something that I think we can all identify with today. He talked a lot in his book about the Industrial Revolution. He said uh, they figured out how to mass produce and profits were never higher, but they exploited the labor class to an inhumane level. And he said America went through hell. He said America used to be a 90% agricultural nation, but before the Industrial Revolution is over, that had flipped entirely and the 90% became the 10%, the 10% became the 90%. And the Farmers that went to the cities for seemingly guaranteed income and not living your life to the whims of nature and the growing seasons... Were often abused, living in tenement housing, corrupt politics, boss tweed politics in New York City. You think Cuomo's the first uh, bad guy to come along or any of these other New York characters? No, <laughs> New York's rooted in this just as bad as Chicago was. And the big city politics, the corruption, the labor abuses that took place made life hell during that transition period. Now, people eventually rose up and they rose up. Uh, through labor unions, and so that had become communist-oriented today. But they rose up through labor unions. There were strikes. People were killed. People were shot. And the police acted like goon squads. And we had riots everywhere. Of, and then the women got involved, and you know things started to really change. And we saw great reforms in the 20s. The 1920s, this went on for 40 years. Now, Brzezinski makes the point, when you change from one form of society, agricultural primarily, to industrial, he said there's a 20-year period in there where people go through literal hell. And he said that time is coming for America, where America will transition from industrial to what he called the technotronic state, what Pat Wood today calls technocracy. And he said there's a period in there that will be literal hell. I don't think we can assign a time frame to that. But 20 years, 40 years, would you say we're going through hell today? Do you think every right that you have is is in jeopardy? Do you think your job, the American economy, our way of life, your ownership of private property, your First Amendment right to speak freely, do you think these things are in jeopardy today? Is this the literal hell? Do we have riots in our street if people been killed by by rioters who are not uh, sanctioned, not sent to prison? Am I right? This is what Brzezinski foretold. Now, listen to what he did. Trilateral Commission set up. Okay? He was Obama's Soviet studies professor at Occidental College. And he continued to go to globalist meetings like Berg, Council on Foreign Relations, and speak. He's not an. He was not. He's now passed, but he was not an uncivilized man. But he had a quote that's really interesting. He said, "It used to be easier to control a million people than to kill them," and he was talking about in the seventies and eighties and nineties. He said, "We can control society through economic means and economic sanctions." And and uh, he was not advocating for any kind of violence of the state towards the people. Before he died, he said, it used to be easier to do that. He goes, now I wonder. Now, he didn't directly come out and say, oh, we're going to genocide the people, as we've seen with other uh, regimes. But he began to say, we're kind of losing our grip over the people. And see, losing the grip over the people coincided with the rise of the Internet, and social media, and freedom of expression, and so forth. And more and more people are kind of awake to what's going on. You no longer have to dominate three networks to control the news or 50 newspapers under one management system. At that time, it was Gannett broadcasting when Brzezinski was addressing this. Now we've seen a little more bifurcation in this. And Brzezinski, you know, really represents the view that control of the people is the best way to have an efficient society. That's the technotronic way. Efficiency is the number one goal, along with profitability. And he also said we don't want disruptions and uprisings. He said that's counterproductive, and he said it interferes in the profit motive and the smooth running of society. So he advocated for a strict crackdown on allowable behaviors. And see, this is what leaders eventually gravitate towards. You can start out a country with the best of intentions. It's freedom for all. We love everybody. We love everything. You have your freedom to live the way you want. But the longer a government's in power, the more autocratic it becomes. You don't believe me? Just use the United States as its own case. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. ...history and go back to the time of the Kennedy assassination. Work your way forward and look at how many laws that have been passed to take away our freedoms. I'll give you one. Fifth Amendment says that before you can be deprived of life, liberty, you have to have due process in a court of law in front of a peer group called jurors, right? Well, there's this little thing called the NDAA. The president or his designee just needs to say, that guy over there, we think he's an enemy and combatant. He opposes the people. He opposes the government. He's against what we're doing. He is an enemy combatant. They can snatch you off the street. and never have to be seen again. You're not entitled to a lawyer. Under NDAA, you're not entitled to uh, your day in court. Uh, And if they do bring you to court, they're allowed to use uh, what they call circumstantial evidence, third-person party testimony. All the things that we don't allow in regular court system, they can do to get a conviction. You don't win when you go to their courts. You usually take the deal. And if you want the best modern-day example of that, that would be who? Julian Assange. In fact, now, I, I reported on this yesterday, the Open Secrets Act is going through an administrative modification. And I talked about that. I said uh, they want to assign a 14 year uh, prison sentence to any journalist who embarrasses uh, a government official, okay, based on disclosure of wrongdoing, exposure through government documents, or whatever. And they don't even have to be classified documents. So they do mention classified documents. There's a part of that that goes on to say, The simple act of embarrassing is enough. Embarrassing. So all Nancy Pelosi has to say is, I find this to be very embarrassing and offending. That guy's going to prison. 14 years. This is scary stuff that we're living in. And Brzezinski talked about all of these things. His book was a roadmap to the future. And he said, once this process starts, it creates its own momentum. And there is no... There is no turning back. There is no turning back. Is this end times fulfillment? You have to decide that. I tend to think it is, unless we have a mid-course correction here brought about by a revival, a mass revival. Then you can kick that uh, can down the road a little bit to the next generation and let them deal with it. But Thomas Jefferson was right. Your freedom is 20 years away from being extinguished at any point in history. Well, we've gone way beyond the 20-year period. Your freedoms are all at risk right now. And this is the new normal. This is the new normal. I mean, when, when Jen Psaki gets up at a press conference and says, you know, if we, we want to make a decision it's in the greater good, okay, to do this action that violates the Constitution, we're going to do it. She used the ends justifies the means argument. This got the attention of quite a few people, but this is where they're going. This is where they're going. They are going to impose infrastructure reforms, climate change reforms, and I don't even know what these climate change reforms are going to be. You say, Dave, you're not speaking out against it. I don't even understand what they're going to be. I hear carbon neutral from Ocasio-Cortez, but with existing technology, that's a physical impossibility, and that means every business on the planet would have to be ended, and I don't see that happening. I think she's got some utopian ideal that's not backed by science. But do I think there's going to be pain ahead? My gut tells me yes, but I can't tell you what the specifics are. We talk about we're going to fund climate change, but tell me what that means. I think we're going to find out. They Also, we look at infrastructure bills that are starting to be developed, and they're pork bills. Their bills, uh, their money, taxpayer money going to special interests as much as revitalizing airports and bridges and so forth. See, I'm behind the bridges and the highways things. I think that would be a good use of our money if we had it, which we don't. We're $32 trillion in debt, growing by about a trillion every six weeks now. Did you know that? So I just wanted to give credit where credit was due. A lot of what we're going through today was predicted by Zygmunt Brzezinski, no longer with us, but he had a huge influence. You know who one of his best buddies was? And you'll go, oh, yeah, uh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger and this man were like this. They were peas in a pod, David Rockefeller. That was the triumphant. Pretty interesting. Oh, by the way, I was telling you about the two places in 1980 where you could find out information about the Trilateral Commission that was formed in 1973. One was the Atlantic Monthly Journal, and the other was an episode... Uh, Barney, gosh, what was that show? The detective show with Barney. I can't remember the name. Of it. it just jumped out of my head. I'm having a Biden moment. I apologize. Barney Miller, remember that detective show? Uh, they had the intellectual cop. I don't remember his name Wore the glasses. Kind of had the frizzy hair. He was. He said, "Yeah, it's kind of like the Traveler Commission." <laughs> I remember hearing that on the show. I saw that when, I, when the show was on. I didn't even know what he was talking about. Traveler Commission. What the hell is that? I had no idea what that meant. I do now. I do now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd have told the caveman, who is totally on a trading bartering and might makes right for rule of government, if you'd have told him that someday, you know, countries will be in flying objects, bombing each other, we'll send missiles to the moon, missiles on each other that we don't like, we'll have drones. and What? That couldn't even have been comprehended in that time. If you go to the founding fathers, and gave them a glimpse of what we're doing now with our technology and how that technology, in some ways, is being used to limit freedoms. They could not have foreseen this. This is why they made the amendment so general. They knew there were circumstances coming that would be unforeseen in their time. Uh, I can't even imagine what we're going to be like in in the next 50 years. If someone were to write a Technotronic Era book, Part 2, I wonder what that would look like. Maybe we should start accumulating... um, Um, predictions. So right now reality is bad enough. I don't want to buy trouble. That's it for the, uh, (laughs) that's it for the common sense show. I thought you would enjoy hearing about Brzezinski. It's really great to come before you. Don't forget to get your food. We do live in an unstable time with no guarantees for anybody. And you don't want to put your security in the hands of others that you might not necessarily be able to trust. So go to preparewithdave.com. Also, too, we do our heavy lifting at thecommonsenshow.tv. That's where you want to be. I think you'll find this to be more than satisfying and very informing and help you prepare for what's coming. This is kind of an example of what we do on the show, but we do it with guests who know a lot more about their topics of interest than I do. We'll see you back here next time. God bless all of you. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it.